you treating yourself? Do you move your body regularly? Well, of course, as humans, we are designed for movement. And yet too many of us are living very sedentary lifestyles. And then we're wondering why we're fatigued, unmotivated, or down in the dumps. It's time to take balanced movement seriously. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So right now we are in a series focused on self-leadership. So with self-leadership, it's all about paying attention to uh, the the daily practices and activities that help you to thrive so that you can first lead yourself before you can lead others. And I've introduced the Secure Foundation acronym, um, and that is really designed to help us hone in on those practices and uh, habits that can really help us to thrive. And so all of the components of secure are the minimum requirement for coping well. So these really are non-negotiables. Last week, I introduced you to spirituality. And today we're moving to the second component of secure, which is exercise. Uh, You can also think about that as balanced movement. So it doesn't mean you have to be in a gym, on a treadmill, anything like that. But we're talking about uh, moving your body in balanced ways consistently um, in in ways that benefit both your physical and your mental health. And so, you know, with the podcast today, we're going to focus on four things. First, we're going to talk about the role of exercise and movement in self-leadership. Uh, second, we're going to talk about some exercise basics. We're just going to go over the basics. People tend to complicate exercise too much, and it's really not necessary. I'm going to touch lightly on NEAT, which is another acronym that we use in exercise and fitness. I think it can be a helpful concept for you in terms of just moving your body a little bit more. And then the last thing we'll talk about are the benefits of exercise. So I have always been an exerciser. I am, I'm, I'm probably too committed to it at times. I can be a little obsessive about it. Um, but you know, for me, I've just always felt very strongly the benefit of exercise, not only with those, um, those endorphins, right. Um, but I just, I feel, I sleep better. Um, I feel more motivated in my life. I, it improves my mood. So these are just some of my personal, um, benefits that I've noticed about exercise for myself over the years. And I've been a regular exerciser probably since, you know, well, of course, as a child running and playing and all of that. And then, um, more formal exercise in junior high. I used to teach step aerobics in uh, high school and college. So yeah, back in the back in the days of the step aerobics, which was a lot of fun, uh, met a lot of great people through that, and it was just something that always brought me a lot of um, joy and connection in my body. Uh, so think about for yourself, what are your earliest memories of movement? So it might be playing with friends. Um, it might be you know taking on a challenging 
doing um, obstacle course somewhere or doing something with your family. Maybe it was playing at the beach or something like that. As humans, we're meant to move. We are designed for movement. And so, you know, as life gets busy and we we face stressors and we're not getting enough sleep, it's really easy for exercise to fall off of our radar screen, right? It's something, it's one of those practices that can, unless we've really set a firm habit, it's one of the first things to go because it does take time. Um, it's easy for us to sacrifice our own needs to, you know, deadlines or others' demands. And yet we really undermine our well-being when we don't prioritize balanced movement. Movement. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And of course, every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead in one of three areas. So helping you to lead with clarity, which is all about that connection to purpose, helping you to lead with curiosity, which is all about self-awareness and self-leadership. It's exactly what we're focusing on today. And then helping you to lead and build a community. And so, you know, of course, these benefits will benefit your team. And it's something that as a leader, you can really encourage in your team um, some of these some of these basic practices that we're learning about with Secure. They're good for you. They're good for others. And so, of course, we want to lead by um, example. So let's let's jump in to exercise and how it the role of exercise with self-leadership. So in my life as a psychologist and a leadership coach, I often tell those that I that I work with uh, that there are two no brainers that everyone should be doing to help themselves when it comes to well-being, when it comes to flourishing um, in life. And that honestly, they shouldn't even consider more substantial interventions until they are doing these two things consistently. Um, And so what are they? Uh, The first no-brainer that I tell folks is exercise or balanced movement. The research is just so compelling on the benefits of it. And you don't need to listen to the research. Just pay attention to how you feel after you've moved your body. Now, you might have a little bit of muscle soreness or tightness, uh, especially if you haven't been very mobile, but you feel the benefits in your body. You feel the benefits in your mood. Uh, you feel the benefits in uh, in in rest and sleep and energy. And, and then the second no-brainer is a mindfulness practice, which we're not talking about today, but um, I love talking about that as well. And so the truth is you can't afford not to exercise. And I really do mean that. So I'm not talking about signing up for an ultra marathon or anything like that. I'm talking about balanced, moderate, consistent uh, movement as an absolute must for physical and emotional well-being. Now, what that looks like is going to be different for you than it is for other people. And this is where we want to stay away from high expectations or, you know, rigid demands. Uh, Your exercise plan or your movement plan should be very specific to you, to to your health, to your situation. Uh, You don't have to be the fastest, the strongest, the fittest. You just need to do something for your heart and for your health. And really, it's doing something for yourself. This is what self-leadership is all about. Um, It is in service to yourself and to everyone else you interact with um, for you to take good care of your 
um, of your physical health and uh, mental health. I sometimes we talk about physical and mental health, and honestly, I'm trying to just not even talk about those as a distinction because it's all one whole. It's you. Uh, so we want you to do something you enjoy, and if you can make it social, all the better. So um, if you do something that you enjoy, you're you're much more likely to stick with it. Um, if you can do that socially, that can help you to form a new habit. So if you have a friend that you know is going is gonna uh, be waiting for you to pick them up so you guys can, you know, go for a run um, or head to the gym together. You're much more likely to, to get up and get ready and get out the door, even when you don't want to. Uh, so the key really is to do something that is sustainable that you can keep doing consistently. So if you make it too complicated or too expensive or, you know, too many steps in that process, these all represent barriers um, that make it uh, less likely for you to stick with this habit for the long run. Now, sometimes people like to make it a little more complicated so they have more buy-in. So for instance, when I was starting to get into cycling, I spent the money on a nice bike because I knew I was going to use some of my characteristics um, in service of this new habit. I knew I'd feel guilty if I looked at that bike every day and wasn't getting on it. And so for me, that investment in a bike actually helped me to develop the habit of cycling. And now cycling is something I do several times a week. I love it. Um, it's so it's so fun for me. And so think about what works best for you. If you need to keep it really simple because that's going to help you to develop a habit, that's awesome. Let's let's go with that. So for most healthy adults, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services recommends um, these following exercise guidelines, right? And so again, exercise is personal to you, but there are some specific guidelines that can be helpful. These are very general guidelines. So there's a lot of room to move even with these. Um, so first, we think about aerobic activity. So this is at least, so this is the guideline, 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity uh, or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity a week. So this isn't a full week. So when you heard 150 minutes, don't, you know, don't drop your lunch or anything like that. Um, or it's a combination of moderate and vigorous activity. So the guidelines suggest that you spread out this exercise during the course of a week. Don't do all 150 minutes in one shot. That would not be wise. Uh, but greater amounts of exercise will provide even greater health benefit. But here's the thing, even small amounts of, act, of physical activity are helpful. And when we think about aerobic activity, we think about activity that is for your cardiovascular system. It engages your cardiovascular system. Think about aerobic activity as aimed at your heart health. So this is keeping your motor running, um, making sure that you can uh, respond to life's challenges and that it's not going to, you know, you're not going to get winded, that you're going to be able to meet challenges in your life um, and really, you know, exercise that heart as, as you're exercising everything else. Uh, so being active for short periods of time throughout the day can add up 
to provide a health benefit. So some, sometimes people will, will say like, if I don't have an hour, I might as well not go. And I would just say, don't fall into that trap. Um, even a shorter period of time can be really helpful. And so it's really about that cumulative time across the week. So let's talk about the difference between moderate aerobic exercise or cardiovascular exercise and vigorous exercise. So when it comes to moderate aerobic exercise, this includes activities such as brisk walking. So brisk walking is you could carry on a conversation, um, but you might feel a little winded. Um, this includes swimming and mowing the lawn. So the right, like you're engaging your heart, you know that you're working, um, as opposed to vigorous exercise, which includes activities such as running and aerobic dancing. So when I think about vigorous exercise, it's like, if you had to talk, you could, but you really don't want to, like, it's really not comfortable to talk. And so I think that's uh, just kind of a simple uh, distinction that you can make to help yourself. You can use this when you're exercising. Like, could I carry on a conversation right now? Um, and so if you can, in, if you can carry on a conversation, that would be moderate. If it's too uncomfortable to carry on a conversation, that would be vigorous. So a lot of times after my strength workout, I'm, I will do some, um, aerobic activity, right? Cause I want my help, my heart to be healthy, but often I will do moderate exercise and I'll often visit with a friend while I'm doing that. And so we can carry on a conversation, but I'll get winded. I'll have to pause. I'm like ready for her to take her turn when it's time for her to talk because, you know, it, I can do it, but it's not very enjoyable. But if I were say running on a treadmill, um, first of all, don't run on a treadmill, run outside, enjoy it. Um, but if I were running on a treadmill, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to a friend. I'd have to slow my rate down and that would move me into the moderate range rather than vigorous. So there's just a little helpful guideline for you. So again, we have the exercise guideline for aerobic activity, 150 minutes of moderate act aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity a week. And it can be a mix of that. And then the second category that uh, the Department of Health and Human Services recommends is strength training. So aerobic activity is that cardiovascular health strength training is all about um, building and strengthening your major muscle groups. So do strength training exercises for all major muscle groups at least two times a week. So that's really the guideline that we're looking at. Uh, the recommendations. And of course, there are so many variations to this, but in general, aim to do two to four sets of each exercise using a weight or a resistance level. So whether that's a band or your own body weight, um, heavy enough to tire your muscles after about 10 to 15 reputa repetitions. And so the goal with strength training is to fatigue the muscles. This is how after your exercise, um, you grow and strengthen your muscle fibers. And so if you're doing strength training, but it, but you don't have much resistance or it's not really taxing to you, you're not going to, you're not going to get the benefit from strength training. So strength training can include the use of weight machines, your own body weight. The use of your own body weight is perfect, right? So we think about push-ups, we think about planks. So we don't have to we don't have to make this complicated. You don't have to have a bunch of equipment. Some equipment can be helpful, but use your own body weight. 
um, resistance tubing or resistance paddles in the water for those swimmers among us or activities such as rock climbing. So these are exercises that require you to engage and use your muscles. So as a general goal, when it comes to exercise, aim for at least 30 minutes of moderate physical activity every day. Um, if you are interested in losing weight, um, maintaining weight loss or meeting specific fitness goals, you may need to exercise more, but this can really backfire on you, right? The research is mixed on this. Um, I'm not a fan of weight loss generally. Um, and you know, exercise is important for maintaining, um, maintaining weight stability. Um, but it can backfire on you when you use it for weight loss because you have an increase in appetite. And so a lot of people, um, over eat and, or they justify when they're exercising more and, um, it, it doesn't, it, it gets them out of alignment with their fitness goals. But in general, we're not talking about weight loss or weight gain. We're just talking about cardiovascular health and skeletal muscle um, health. And right when we're doing strength training, we're protecting not only our muscles, but also our bones for the long haul. You know, I don't know about you, but I, so I want, I want to stay mobile and moving. Um, and strength training is a really important component of that. So those are some of the exercise basics. And next, let's move into NEAT. Um, this is a really important concept that many of us don't understand very well, um, but it's it's really key when it comes to movement. So NEAT is an acronym. It, star, it starts, or sorry, it stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. And so when it comes to movement, exercise is not the only game in town. Um, so we think about energy expenditure as humans were designed to move um, all of our movements, right? Whether it's talking on a podcast, whether it's um, heading down the hall to get a drink of water, all of this requires energy. And so, you know, we're always talking about energy expenditure when it comes to movement. So it's really looking at how you burn energy or expend calories, which is called the total daily energy expenditure. So this is known as TDEE, and it can be uh, organized into three distinct categories. So first we have the basal metabolic rate. Many of us have probably heard this. It's BMR. It's also known as your resting metabolic rate. So, or RMR. And it's really, it's the amount of energy that you need, your body needs to support the functions of the organs and physiological systems. Um, it's, it's basically what do you need? What kind of energy do you need to keep yourself alive and breathing, even if you were in a veg veg vegetative state. Um, and this comprises approximately 60 to 75% of our total daily energy expenditure. So that TDEE. Um, and so the, the three organs that do most of the heavy lifting, right? So they're kind of taking more than their um, fair share of burning calories at rest are the liver, the brain, and skeletal muscle. And that makes sense, right? So the liver is at 27% of RMR, uh, the brain, which is at 19% of 
RMR, and then uh, skeletal muscle, which is 18% of RMR, uh, right? Like these are big, important functions um, in our bodies. And so, of course, they require more energy. So um, it's worth noting that the brain alone uses about one fifth of your resting metabolic rate, um, which helps explain why you don't think as clearly when you're hungry, right? So sometimes people will describe fatigue or brain fog. They just can't think very clearly. It's because your brain is a high energy expender, right? It requires a lot of calories to work properly. Um, and then uh, the the other component um, when it comes to total uh, daily energy expenditure is the thermic effect of food. So TEF, this is the energy the body uses to convert the food into more energy or to move it to a location to be stored as fat for use at a later time. And it makes up about 10% of your daily energy expenditure, right? So it requires energy to um, to utilize the food that we eat. And then the third component is known as the thermic effect of physical activity. So this is TEPA. And this accounts for the remaining energy expenditure. And this is about 15 to 30% of daily energy output. Included in this number is excess post-energy oxygen co- consumption, which is the amount of energy the body burns after exercise to return to its normal state, right? After exercise, you get the you get an energy benefit even when you've completed your workout. Um, this this tends to last a little longer in the morning, or it keeps you keeps that um, percentage a little higher, which is one of the reasons um, morning exercisers um, do a little bit better with those energy numbers. When it comes to TEPA, there are two different types of activity. So there's the planned exercise, which we've already talked about. And then there's the spontaneous non-exercise activities that occur every time you perform some sort of physical exertion, such as standing up from a seated position or running to catch the bus. And so while, as we've discussed, exercise is a really important form of physical activity and it can burn hundreds of calories at a time, other forms of physical activity called non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT can play a significant role in helping to maximize the total amount of calories burned in a single day. Um, And so when we think of NEAT, we think about activities of daily living that support an active lifestyle. So taking the stairs instead of the elevator, getting up and walking around every hour or so, walking to the mailbox, playing with the kids in the backyard, parking the car farther away in the parking lot, stretching while enjoying your favorite Netflix movie. So reducing sitting time is important as well. The more hours you sit each day, the higher your risk of metabolic problems. Uh, Sitting too much can negatively impact your health and longevity, even if you get the recommended amount of daily physical activity. Now, I think there's been some alarmist um, thinking about Um, standing and sitting. And so we don't need to get too extreme with this. But in general, we want to be moving our bodies. And if we're sitting for long chunks of time, this can be problematic. Um, So if you are short on big chunks of time, which many of us are, just remember that even brief bounce of bouts of activity offer benefits. For instance, if you can't fit in one 30-minute walk during the day, try a few five-minute walks instead. Any activity is better than none at all. And what's most important in all of this is making regular physical activity part 
of your lifestyle. So we really want to think about balanced movement as a lifestyle. So now we're going to finish up uh, the podcast by talking about uh, some of the benefits of exercise. And, you know, again, you could put in balanced movements, the same idea. So there are 10 major benefits um, that I'm going to discuss today. So the first one is it makes you happier. So uh, regular exercise really improves your mood and decreases feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress. Okay. Sign me up. I'm, I'm there. I'm ready to go. Um, the second one is that exercise can help with weight loss. So again, I'm not talking about um, the benefits of exercise explicitly for weight loss, but if that is something that could be helpful for you, or you've had that recommendation by a physician, it's a complicated issue, um, but exercise can absolutely help with that. So some studies have shown that inactivity is a major factor in weight gain and obesity. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's important to understand when we think about the effect of exercise on weight reduction, we need to understand the relationship between exercise and energy expenditure, which is what we just talked about. The bottom line here is that exercise is crucial to supporting um, a fast metabolism and burning more calories per day. It also helps you maintain your muscle mass and weight loss. And again, as humans, we are designed for movement. So third benefit is exercise strengthens muscles and bones. Um, It really plays a vital role in building and maintaining strong muscles and bones. Physical activity like weight lifting can stimulate muscle building when paired with adequate protein intake. Um, And this, right, so this is because exercise helps release hormones that promote the ability of your muscles to absorb amino acids. This helps them grow and reduces their breakdown. So, you know, I'm getting older, we're all getting older, we're all aging, and I'm thinking about this a lot more, right? As people age, they tend to lose muscle mass and function, which can lead to injuries and disabilities. Practicing regular physical activity is essential to reducing muscle loss and maintaining strength as you age, especially as you age, you've got to be doing strength training. And ladies, I am talking to you. It's incredibly important for um, building and protecting bone density. And so of course, we want you to be moving throughout your whole life um, because you, you have good bone density going into um, the later years where you start to lose it. And, you know, so I mentioned that I've been an exerciser my whole life and I've especially done a lot of strength training um, as part of my movement. And I had a DEXA scan not too long ago and, you know, the numbers were awesome. And they're like, wow, you're, you're not going to be at risk for a hip fracture in old age. And, you know, because I have had a full life of movement and weight bearing exercises. Now, of course there are genetic differences in that. So, you know, it's not a perfect correlation, but when you are moving, you are strengthening and protecting your muscles and bones. Um, And now let's go to the fourth benefit, which is exercise boosts energy. So it can absolutely increase your energy uh, levels. So it can be a real energy booster for healthy people as well as for those suffering from various medical conditions. So one study found that six weeks of regular exercise reduced feelings of fatigue for 36 healthy people who had reported persistent fatigue. And so it's really good. It 
um, this regular exercise will increase your energy levels. Um, and it doesn't matter what your health status is. And then let's go to our fifth benefit, which is that exercise reduces the risk of chronic disease. Now, this is a big one. Uh, a lack of regular physical activity is actually a primary cause of chronic disease. Regular exercise has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity, which is a huge factor when it comes to diabetes. It has been shown to improve uh, cardiovascular fitness and body composition. Um, it also decreases blood pressure and blood fat levels. And so these are all really important um, factors when it comes to uh, protecting us from the risk of chronic disease. And then let's go to the sixth uh, benefit, which is... Um, that exercise can improve your skin health. I like that. Our teenagers will like that as well if they're prone to acne. So your skin can be affected by the amount of oxidative stress in your body. Um, this occurs when the body's antioxidant defenses cannot completely repair the damage that free radicals cause to cells. And so this can damage the internal structures and, and really take a toll on your skin. And so intense and exhaustive physical activity can contribute to oxidative damage. However, regular moderate exercise can increase your body's production of natural antioxidants, which help to protect your cells. And so that's an important um, point to remember, right? It's moderate exercise. It's that balance movement. So nothing too extreme. So the seventh benefit, it can improve your brain health and memory. Um, it can help protect your memory and your thinking skills. So to begin with, it increases your heart rate, which, in, which promotes the flow of blood and oxygen to your brain. It can also stimulate the production of hormones that can enhance the growth of brain cells. And, you know, that ability of exercise to prevent chronic disease can translate into benefits for your brain since its function, function can be affected by these diseases as well. So let's go to the eighth benefit, which is exercise can improve your sleep and relaxation. So your sleep quality can really be greatly improved by exercise. So the energy depletion that occurs during exercise stimulates recuperative processes during sleep. So it's very, that's a very cool thing. And you can just notice for yourself, like if I haven't exercised in a day, I have a harder time falling asleep. Um, and then let's go to the ninth benefit which is that exercise can reduce pain. So, you know, chronic pain can be debilitating, but regular exercise can actually help reduce that. In fact, for many years, the recommendation for treating chronic pain was rest and inactivity. However, recent studies show that exercise helps relieve chronic pain. So telling people to rest was the wrong approach. Of course, if you have an acute injury, you need to rest that and give it time. So you're not in, you know, a lot of pain when you're moving. But, you know, if we think about the the back pain, you know, I've, I have like three, I think three or four herniated discs and uh, strengthening my back muscles and my core through, you know, focused movement with good form has been the best thing for my back. And like I very rarely have back pain at this point. Um, and I absolutely attribute that to um, to exercise. And so uh, don't be afraid of movement, even if you have some pain. Of course, work with your medical provider um, 
on that. And now the last exercise benefit that we'll talk about today, the 10th one, and it's, I've saved, I've saved one of the best ones for last, which is exercise promotes a better sex life. So it can boost your sex drive. It can strengthen the cardiovascular system, improve blood circulation, tone muscles, and enhance flexibility, all of which can improve your uh, sex life. And so it improves sexual performance and sexual pleasure. And there, and people who exercise regularly have an increase in the frequency of sexual activity. And so this is great. This is great news um, for us. And so there are 10 exercise benefits. Um, and of course, there are many others, but those should build a pretty good case for you um, to help you get going on a regular habit of exercise. And so again, in this podcast, we talked about um, the fact that regular moderate exercise will do more to keep you mentally and physically sharp than almost anything else you can do. Um, I gave you some guidelines on aiming for both cardiovascular exercise and strength training. Both are important. And then we also talked about NEAT, the non-exercise activity of thermogenesis, uh, which consists of activities of daily life that support an active lifestyle. So taking those stairs instead of the elevator, getting up and moving your body regularly. And then we talked about 10 uh, big benefits of exercise. And so head on over to my website to check out the show notes with all the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 219 dash self leadership and exercise. You can connect with me on Instagram at Smith. I'd love to connect with you there. I'll have lots of this information and resources there so you can dig, um, dive deeper in all of this. And then of course, if you wouldn't mind giving me a five-star review on Apple and Spotify, it helps other people find the podcast. Um, In the meantime, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time. Take good care.